Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Creative Waffle. On this episode we're speaking to entrepreneur and CEO of Design Cuts, Tom Ross. That's it, there you go. So, Same. how are you? I'm very well, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to, to the weekend to be honest, but yeah, it's been a fun week. Nice one. So for people who don't know you, can we give a bit of background on who you are, uh, what you do and how you got into design? Yes, so um, I think like many designers, when I was younger, I was really into art and then discovered Photoshop or even before that, PaintShop Pro for the people out there who remember that um, and just got super obsessed by it. So it was years of trial and error and just playing around and creating stuff and trying to emulate the work of better designers and getting frustrated when I couldn't reach their standards and so on. Um, and then after years and years of figuring that out, I went into teaching Photoshop, launched a, a Photoshop blog. I don't know if you've seen that, Mark, PSD fan. That kind of ran from about 2008 and kind of built up a decent readership. And then on the back of that, all these years later, I'm now running Design Cuts, which is nearly five years old and is my baby. And I love it because we're basically the coolest community I think of creatives online. We love our customers, we love our community and we basically help them to discover the best design resources in the world, highly curated and make that affordable and accessible to them. And then kind of on top of that, we just have fun and put out content, try and educate them, try and help them. And just, um, you know, it's, it's more than just the products. It really is this kind of hub. Mm, nice one. Yeah. When, when you started design, what was your main worry? And how did you, sort of, how have you overcome it, if, if anything? I don't know if I had a main worry, to right. be honest. It was, uh, it was more kind of fire in the belly, just yeah. ambition and drive. Uh, I think the worries come later, invariably when a business starts to take off. S especially if you're the CEO, suddenly there's a problem to deal with, or 10 every single day. But in the early days, it was more just, um, it wasn't so much worries as fixing problems. So the problem for me was, um, there wasn't anyone doing what we do particularly well. I thought the product quality wasn't there. The deals weren't as stupendous as people were making out. The customer service sucked. So I just kind of looked at it and thought, yeah, why not try and do that the right way? I was going to say, because there's a lot of competition. Um, and and how, how are you like better than them? What, what makes you so special? <laughs> yeah, I mean... First of all, I will say when it comes to uh, looking for you know, great deals on design products and that kind of thing, we're hands down the best. We're the best in the world. And that's not me trying to sound cocky, but that's something I'm genuinely really proud of. And I can tell the team really own that. And I always tell them it's quite rare to be able to say you're actually the best at something. But I believe it is uh, true in our case, mainly because customers tell us that every single day. Um, but it's just because... Well, I think it's, our ethos is quality and caring, right? So quality, ridiculous bar of quality. We are so curated, it's insane. So we're saying no to products that other people would jump at the opportunity to run because it still isn't quite good enough. So we're really like the cream of the cream when it comes to products. And then we just back that up with like carrying people's faces up, going above and beyond, making their day, really living and breathing customer service. Nice. That's why, why the name Design Cuts? Well, my girlfriend seems to claim that she invented it. And I can't remember if that's true or not. I don't think so. <laughs> but um, it was done quite systematically, to be honest. I'd looked at what everyone else was doing. And they all had kind of these cheaper sounding uh, titles with deals and words like that in the title. And I thought, well, even though we're going to be offering amazing deals, I want to be something bigger than that. 
I don't want that to define us forever. Um, so I knew I wanted something short. I'm a big fan of a short URL. And um, so, yeah, I knew it had to have probably the word design in. And yeah. then the original thinking was cuts. It's like, well, it kind of cuts like the time and stress and money out of what you're doing. Um, but yeah, I think really a name is what you make it, right? Yeah, yeah. I kind of pondered for five years to try and find the, the perfect name. I'm not saying it's perfect, but it works. Like we've kind of built it into a brand. We call our community design cutters. Like that's kind of a meaningless phrase, but at the same time, it means something to our community when they're saying, hey, I'm a design cutter. Yeah, I was just wondering what you, you would say to that because I get what, what's blue to design, what does that mean all the time? And uh, I just. What did, what did Google mean though? Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly. So I say that, I say, well, it doesn't mean anything, but hopefully one day it will. Uh, yeah, or just it sounds cool. Yeah, 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 that's quite a cool name. <laughs> um, so, how have you seen Design Cuts grow? Uh, like, very small to to what it is now. Um, what, as in, like, what's the growth look like, or how have we made yeah. that happen? Yeah, a bit of both, if you want. Yeah, sure. Um, so, I would say year one, it went like an absolute rocket because it was so new and so fresh, and so it's a little bit hold on for dear life. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, after that it's been growing steadily and that's reflected in the growing team that we have around us. We're very lucky to work with some amazing people now, but I think as you reach maturity, it's kind of that bell curve thing, right? Although hopefully we won't go down the other side of the curve, but you know what I mean? You can't go like a rocket forever. So it's great when you start feeling a bit more steady uh, in your growth, a bit more mature in your growth after that initial kind of startup phase. Uh, in terms of how it happened, like honestly, year one, I don't think we even had any marketing budget or plan so to speak of it was literally treat people so well they tell their friends and oh, that's cool. the most fun kind of marketing that's cool actually yeah uh so also everyone wants to come to the new product as well everyone wants to be seen with a new thing uh, which is quite a cool um thing to have and is that did that definitely help with growth um like everyone coming to, to your, your site and stuff yeah what to to check out the latest products and that yeah. kind of thing yeah, I think a lot of it is just don't try and follow trends too much okay. or at least try and be in the moment. Certainly don't be behind a trend and feel dated. Mm. Either own the trend or try and define a new trend or be ahead of the curve and a lot of that kind of thing. You never want to feel like the fusty old granddad in the industry, do you? Yeah, yeah. using like CS2002 or something, like CS2. Um, well, yeah. all joking apart, when we launched, that was a bit of a differentiator for us. I think we were the only people doing what we're doing with a responsive website, which was crazy because these are sites built by designers and it wasn't that long ago, uh, but people were behind the times. So we're like, okay, we want to do this and be fresh. Yeah, definitely. How, what sort of advice would you give to people wanting to start their own business? Um, it depends what kind of business, I guess, but there are some universal principles, I would say. Uh, and interesting, you asked me this, by the way. I'm not going to plug it because it's not ready yet, but I'm actually going to start a weekly show talking about online business and entrepreneurship. So this is very much fresh in my mind right now. Um, I would say sacrifice. The whole point is you're trying to achieve presumably results, which most people aren't capable of or don't achieve. Therefore, you're going to have to sacrifice more than most people would. That can take a lot of different forms. For me, it was working 18 hours a day, seven days a week for a year and a half, and eventually hospitalizing myself on the back of that. Uh, I've known other people remortgage and put their house on the line. Um, personally, I know I'm probably going to be having 
kids later. I'm going to be getting married later. I'm going to be pushing a lot of my personal life because I'm having to look after my baby as the business right now. Um, so it's real kind of quite big sacrifices, which I think most people just aren't willing to do. And you're doing all of that with no guarantee of success either. Yes. So that's kind of over and above the biggest thing. And that's kind of the, uh, the darker side, if you will, of entrepreneurship, right? And, and the same thing applies if you want to be a freelance designer, uh, for anyone listening. There's obviously going to be sacrifice. It's not the kind of safety net of a nine to five. Um, so, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. And then just, you know, incredible amounts of hard work and passion, um, having to develop a very thick skin, uh, having to adapt. If you want to grow it into something big, people are by far the toughest thing in business and the most rewarding all at the same time. Managing a team is completely different from being a solo freelancer. Oh, that, that's a good point, actually. How did you how, how did you find that transition going from your, your own yourself, managing yourself to, to this team and business now? Uh, you learn as you go. Right. No one, I, I seriously think, like, I've read enough books on this and yeah. the books can't teach you it. You have to learn it on the job. Yes. So uh, you're going to make mistakes. I kind of, I, I see it a lot like parenting and I truly believe it's going to prepare me for being a parent. Um, but like on they they kind of, it sounds weird they kind of become like your children you're responsible for them to an extent you have to look after them their problems become your problems so if you've got 10 people which we do invariably some of them are all going to have problems at the same time and it's your job if you're a good employer to actually give a shit about that and try and look out for them um to try and nurture them and encourage them but also that you've got all the day-to-day -day of just being pulled in 10 directions at once um you try to really have like transparent i think a lot of it is trust and communication right you want to get to the point where they're comfortable saying to you either i have a problem i need help with something or i'm ambitious and i want to take my career here can i trust you to talk to me about how to actually achieve that yeah um i think the archaic notion of like all these glass walls and divisive lines and the the office with the mahogany desk and the globe full of whiskey um obviously doesn't work anymore so we're very like flat and open hierarchy here open door policy um but at the same time i can't talk to you about this on a bigger scale than what we're doing you can only do and talk about what you know I can't talk to you about running a 50 person company or a hundred person company. And I can't judge anyone who's struggling with that because I might struggle more than they would when I reach that point. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, so for, for people starting out like myself and we haven't got any money to put into it and we just yep. got, and I, for, and I just got time and because I didn't have any money coming in either, I had to get a job. Uh, and, and that's taken up a lot of my time now and I've only got say, I think it's four hours a day that I can really work on this so 10 to one in the, in the morning or, yeah. or whenever it is like 11 to one. Uh, but yeah, what, what sort of advice would you give to people that are uh, young and only got a few assets to, to put into the business and it's going to be a very slow build? Well, yeah, you've just said they're slow build. So I think certainly having the patience to recognize it's not going to be an overnight thing. I know enough people where they've said, oh, I've got this crazy business idea. And then a month later or two months later, they've moved on. Um, I have been doing this stuff since I was 12 years old, figuring it out. So really before Design Cuts, there was 13 years of trial and error and then actually doing it properly with focus and intent and experience behind it. And then even then there's no guarantees. So it needs to be kind of years in your head and 
you you've told me how old you were before the show and i said i think it's amazing what you're doing at the age you are now i, I think you're probably a lot further on than i was at your age um but it kind of it depends on your goals like what, what are you trying to do are you trying to develop a freelance career doing design are you trying to grow a business with people offering a different kind of service i mean me personally it'd be building a design agency um as big as possible <clears throat> cool so. so there's a lot you can do with weekends and evenings to be honest i think when you look at the average person in a nine to five it's not like they are ruthlessly efficient every minute of the day but if you're talking about a four-hour window, I guarantee you can get more done in four hours of impactful real work than someone else can get done in eight hours twiddling their thumbs or surfing Facebook or chatting in the cafeteria or whatever. And I think that's what I did when I started Design Cuts. It was very long hours, but also every single minute counted. There was never any busy work. There wasn't time for busy work because everything was trying to move the needle forward. So whether you're pitching like if, it, if you spent four hours a day pitching for new clients you're going to get some new clients yeah. if you spent four hours a day tweaking your facebook cover image it's probably not going to do a lot that's good yeah i've realized that from from going sitting at home for, for seven days a week trying to do something the productivity going up and down up and down not really yeah. too much and then all of a sudden i've got this job and i'm forced to do stuff in a certain amount of time it just clicks and, and you I feel a lot more organized and a lot not fresher because I'm a little tired, but I feel, I feel like I can get a lot more done already. It's only been four days and I feel like I'm, I'm getting stuff done better. Um, yeah, it's like a blessing in disguise, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. It really is. Like it, it's going to laser focus you. It's going to make you a ninja. And, you know, if I would say word of warning, like, um, you know, you don't want to completely burn out because I've been yeah. there and that's horrible. Yeah. So uh, my personal advice would be like push it as far as you can whilst being realistic and try and look for warning signs. So some of those might be if people around you are saying like, slow down, you're going to burn out. You're looking really tired. You look like you're struggling. If you're getting sick a lot. And we actually work with um, someone who produces content for us and she's pushing her creative business. And suddenly she's getting a cold every two weeks. She's getting run down. She's starting to like get frazzled. And all of those, it's like watching a car crash happen in slow motion because you know what's coming next. So health has to come first, but at the same time, try and push it nearly to that point, but not quite over the line. So watching out for it, yeah, that's a good point, actually. How do you plan, or actually, no, first of all, how, when, when do you, when's the tipping point? How do you know you're about to burn out? Like, um, like, so for, an illness, but like, is there, is there yeah. a point where, okay, I really need to stop now? For me, it, it started coming in cycles. So um, I think at first I'd like work, work, work to the limit. And then every six months I'd kind of burn out and I'd need like a week or half a week to just chill and, and I'd feel terrible. But then that started happening more frequently. So it would be every three months and then every two months and then every month and then every week. And suddenly every day I was like, I just constantly feel like this. Yeah. And that's where you're like, okay, I probably should have done something about this sooner. Cool. But again, it's, it's, it's finding your limits, like 18 hours a day, seven days a week, not very sustainable. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. But maybe 14 hours a day, 15 hours a day, maybe that is, or 12 hours a day or whatever you're, like everyone's different. I, I need quite a lot of sleep as a person. Other people run great on four hours sleep, even if they're in a regular job. It's definitely like a... The balancing act isn't it of, of finding that point which you don't fall over yeah 
Yeah. Uh, how, if you can at all, uh, plan for the future in a business? Mm, right. A lot of young people listen to this. Yeah. Um, what is your audience, by the way? Is it mainly designers uh, or is it young entrepreneurs? Yeah, mainly designers, I'd say, yeah. yeah. Okay, so if we're talking about design business, right? Uh, perhaps they're freelancing. Um, planning for the future. I think, I think if you're a freelancer, it's different from being a business like ours where we have to pay attention to the wider market much more. Obviously, there will be stuff like political things and Brexit and so on where you might see it coming and think people are probably going to be tightening their belt straps and, and therefore I, I should plan for that, whether that's putting aside savings or trying to improve your short-term cash flow to, to ride that out. That's probably a smart thing to do. But beyond that, you can't really control those external influences, right? So I tend to think be more in the moment constantly be iterating constantly be trying to push forward if you're constantly worrying about this kind of future horizon point then it will actually sabotage you so you you want to be in the moment without being naive of what's coming i mean if um if you start seeing warning signs that no one's going to want logos in six months time and you're a logo designer then react but as i say if you're a freelance designer you shouldn't really have that problem there should always be a demand for design I hope that doesn't come around at that point where <laughs> <I'm> a bit worried. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was talking about this with someone else and they, I was thinking when you, you, um, you, was it, it was it, uh, a, a, oh, my brain's gone. AV is it? U UV? A, what's it? When the, oh, um, like, um, yeah. So VR, virtual reality yeah, and, uh, or, and then AR augmented reality. Yeah, I was thinking, well, is it going to be right. this new job doesn't agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're knackered already. <laughs> Uh, I was thinking, is there still going to be a demand for like, logos and branding? And but then I think it's Aaron Draplin. I said this to, and mm -hmm. he said, and he said, well, the boxing, the box and packages and things that comes in, they're all going to need logos. And, yeah, and, and even the logos that you're viewing within this new exactly. reality, I, I actually think designers are going to be more valuable than ever because what is being replaced is more of the mechanical tasks, right, and the stuff that could be automated, but you can't necessarily automate creativity. Yeah. So we're actually in a kind of shrinking group of jobs, which actually feel very safe. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Yeah. I mean, there's always design jobs around as well, but it, yeah, it's because uh, obviously struggling when you start a business, I, I think I'm finding that I'm struggling with getting clients in. Maybe I'm not doing enough pushing and emailing people, but I'm, I'm, I think I feel like I'm doing enough social media, but I need to go to the people rather than them try and find me. Um, yeah. Proactive, not reactive. Right. right. So if you don't mind me asking, what are you doing right now to try and drum up new clients? As in, I'm not, I'm not really emailing many people. I'm not really emailing anyone, but the, yeah. the proactive stuff is um, YouTube, uh, Instagram. But then again, thinking about it, they might be more targeted towards designers. Um, yeah. So that might be a problem. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and that, that, that's a very astute observation that would be targeting other designers. And that's a very common mistake that people make. And it's great you're putting out all that content, but it won't necessarily be client-based. So there's a few things you can do. You can put out content which is designed to target potential clients. And I don't know if you have a niche client in mind, but for example, if you were some designers target lawyers exclusively, and then if you start putting out content, here's a common mistake lawyers make with their branding and here's how you can fix this 
or you can just pay me to do it for you kind of thing. But the whole thing with social content is great to do and it's kind of a long-term strategy for building your brand, but it's just that it's a long-term strategy. It's a slow burner. So you need to kind of do that hand in hand with the immediate wins, which are unfortunately slightly more on the kind of selling yourself, pitching uncomfortable thing, which all us creatives hate. So you've got like the slow build of the social content, but that is not going to turn your business around overnight. So then you need to be marrying that with yeah. the uncomfortable stuff. Um, I can see you've got a, a roster of existing clients. Often that's the best place to start because referrals are really powerful. So you could either reach out to all of them in a really warm way. Hey, how's it going? Anything I can help with at the minute? That would hopefully drum up some immediate repeat business from them and then once you're in conversations with them come up with some kind of incentive scheme where you pay them a hundred pounds or you you set them up with a really lovely gift or some kind of bribe for referring a new client to you so that's actually in their mind that's a good point gifts gifts work um i've, got, I've done that in the past at the moment i'm doing a lot of football illustrations i want to target football teams and, and clubs and, and try and work with you more on like program design and uh, yeah social media adverts and stuff that they want to do tickets maybe i don't know anything um so i'm at the moment I'm creating illustrations in the style and asking them and like tagging their fans and trying to trying to do it that way and hoping that eventually if i do enough one of them will come up that's that's one way and i'm also near the season i'll email the clubs as well um, yeah i have a body of work to show them as well which would be quite cool mm -hmm. um, that's, that's one thing I, i've uh, someone else told me on another podcast if you want to do work and you haven't got any work in that business then do some pretend work for that area and then um the similar thing will come out i'll come back to you a hundred percent and i think you can go very far with that and it excites me when people niche down like that because you can do so much more around it so i love that and if you're the the football club designer yeah um what springs to mind is there was a, a designer a few years back i don't know if you recall who redesigned american airlines i think it was and they redesigned all their tickets because they said the tickets are horrible and confusing and have terrible kind of user experience behind them. Yep. So they redesigned it. And I think they, they might have redesigned their, their website as well. They did it all unpaid. They just did it as like a passion project. And they published it and it went viral. Yeah. And I think the airline became aware of it. I can't remember if they got direct work off the back, but undoubtedly it really got their name out as a designer. So if you were doing the same thing about football clubs, there's endless variations of that you could do on your Instagram. You could be redesigning one football club logo a day mm. or a week or whatever it might be. You could put together a longer form article, maybe on LinkedIn, talking about branding issues with football clubs and how they've got all this money and they're splashing out on marketing and merchandise, but their branding still sucks. And why is that? And actually breaking down why it sucks and then showing your case study of a redesign of how it could be better. And you could do that with every single uh, club in the Premier League, for example, and that could be a longer form article, which you then break up into micro content, like I mentioned for Instagram and Instagram stories and Facebook and that kind of thing. Um, that could be quite a compelling video case study as well. So it's getting all these bits of content and kind of repurposing them. And like I say, you can put so many spins on that, whether you're redesigning the logos or you can redesign the ticket, like the American Airlines thing look at this season pass like this actually sucks to look at it's offensive to me i'm the biggest fan in the world of the club but i hate you know hate their ticket design and so i'm going to redesign it maybe you turn that into like a funny vlog format and then you embed the vlog into the article that actually breaks down and shows the images so you're in the stand being like hey cheering you're at a match and you're like but still look at the ticket it, it offends me um like there's endless things you could do and 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 um 
if you're putting it on LinkedIn, then you can start stalking people. So maybe not the chairman of the club, but certainly people who, you know, perhaps work for that company or for that club who are on the marketing team and start kind of getting some of the slightly more junior people just so it gets under their nose and they go, hmm, this kid's interesting. And they show the director of marketing for Chelsea Football Club or whatever it might be. This is a very productive chat. Uh, people <laughs> this are going to get some great tips. Uh, so I'm, I'm definitely going to do, do that. Let's move on to talking about podcasts. Mm-hmm. You've got the Honest Designers podcast. How's it going? And why did you start it? Um, it is, yeah, it's going great, to be honest. It's a real cathartic thing. It started as group therapy, I think. So the four of us, um, myself, Lisa, Ian, and Dustin, started doing it as a mastermind where we just thought, hey, we're all kind of friends now. Um, why don't we jump on a call once a week? We will share problems we're having and we try and help each other out. So I think when we started, we either all took turns or we each like had one episode each. So I'd come to the table and be like, I'm struggling with this and in my creativity or business or whatever. And the other three would give feedback. And then pretty soon we said, these conversations could help a wider audience. Uh, we definitely have no interest in like packaging them up and selling them, even though that could have been an option. We're like, why don't we, we put it out to the world? Yeah. So we started putting them out as uh, a video on Facebook. And then we realized, uh, actually, no one wants to sit on Facebook and watch a video for an hour. That's not how it works this would be more appropriate as a podcast. So the videos didn't really get any traction, but then as soon as we launched the podcast, I think it got 10,000 downloads on the first episode or something. And we I think we're just, we either hit it or we're just about to hit um, half a million downloads, which is really exciting. And we're, we're about a year in now. So it's not, it's not, it, I know it sounds like a lot, it's not prolific. Like there's a lot more popular podcasts getting a lot, you know, endless more downloads but for a little passion project where we we essentially talk my favorite thing in the world about it is all the emails and the comments we get where people are like i listen to you guys when i'm like taking the kids to school like i listen to you when i'm on my lawnmower like i feel like i'm sat there with friends uh, in a studio working and it really is like that's the stuff which i really care about that's lovely as well um i always whenever people recognize um not recognize Whenever people <laughs> recommend podcasts, you're always yeah. as well. Like you are. Oh, thank you. Yeah. When, when but, people say it on Facebook or, or wherever I see it, they, you're always either top or like second after um, Mark Bricky. He's, he's, he's always on there as well. Yeah, damn him. We're coming from. <laughs> Bricks are gonna get you. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, it's 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 really cool. Um, how. How have you been like have you have you cut that down into smaller things to put on different social medias as well and yeah we have so we um on Facebook we will um post like mini clips from it and sound bites, and we're very close i don't even think this is public knowledge, but happy to say it we're going to be taking some of the best like golden nuggets of uh, wisdom from it and putting it into a daily podcast so it's like oh, if wow. you don't have an hour to listen to us all chat and waffle on you get a little two minute injection of like some tip that you can use straight away um and then we uh, we started filming it as well and putting the full episodes out on youtube which has been quite fun so people can just see how ridiculous and unprofessional we are behind the scenes that's it that's, that's the fun bit though isn't it not being professional and seeing those bits and <laughs> making it human as well because if you're a professional like tv studio uh, that you can't connect but if you're yourself and and just like other designers listening then there's a connection there as well 
Yeah, and I think that's really underrated. Everyone kind of thinks about all the the metrics and and the sleazy marketing stuff. And I think simply being human, um, like I, I can tell you're you're literally a young guy who's passionate about what you're talking about and that's very real and and that's probably why you've been attracting an audience as well yeah i was going to talk about audience. do you think it's uh easier obviously you've got four people instead of just me just one um have mm. all four of you been putting it out um yeah to be honest there hasn't really been a tremendous amount of marketing um there will be we're going to be ramping it up this year quite a lot but it's the age-old thing where we've all got endless to-do lists yeah. And so we managed to get together, we record it, we put it out there, we've built like quite a core, loyal, um, I was going to say readership, listenership. Yeah. Um, but beyond that, we haven't really been shouting it from the rooftops. So as I say, that's something we're going to be ramping up and I've got a few ideas for that this year. Uh, cool. I'll, I'll let you know if they work. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because you started it around, around the same time as me, I think. And mm-hmm. yours just, just skyrocketed. That was incredible. Do you think that was because of the other stuff you've done or, or like yeah like it helps when you've got a platform right yeah. so you're not launching cold so undoubtedly that helped give it the initial boost um but i think people are often far too concerned by that initial boost and they ignore the long tail but the long tail is what matters because that proves if you're any good or not if people stick around yeah yeah that's good but i need to i i mean i'm similar to you i'm about 62 episodes in uh, uh you're be- beating us <laughs> Uh, yeah, but it doesn't. It doesn't matter. I mean, you, you obviously you got more followers, you got a lot more listeners. So technically, you're beating me, but it's not competition really. Anyway, I mean, but, you know, you're on my podcast. I'm promoting it and to my very few listeners that probably know already. Uh, Quality over quantity. That's yeah. what I say though. And I've seen like you, you got people leaving really great comments and stuff. And I learned that with my blog. I used to be all about look at how many readers I've got on that, but none of them really cared that much. And that was a really hard lesson to learn. So with design cuts from day one, it was how do I get a small number of people to care incredibly deeply? And how do I care about them and get to know them on a personal level? And it's so much more rewarding than like chasing meaningless metrics and stuff like that. How, how did you do that? <laughs> one person at a time. Right. So imagine you, imagine you got one listener or one person commenting on this video or watching this video, go and chat to them. Mm. Um, often they might leave a comment and they go ignored right on most people's shows like they're too big to even respond but if someone comments or or gets in touch with you or you see they're listening reach out to them start a conversation get their email see how you can help them go above and provide value build a relationship and before you know it it's like you're genuinely friends and you actually pen pals and you know about each other try then doing that with a thousand people and that's where you start to miss out on sleep and you know eventually need to scale out and, and build a team but really that's the key that's what no one's willing to do and put the time in and if they are doing it it needs to come from an authentic place you're not doing it as a marketing tactic you're doing you're doing it because you actually care about them uh and because you like people and because you find it fun that's that's one thing that i think is probably the biggest tip or big um i don't know yeah the biggest tip or bit of advice is just relationships in in life in general as well like it's so important I can't overstate it enough. We live in a world where every single person with 10 subscribers is obsessed with how do I get to a hundred rather than how do I get to know those 10? Yeah, no, it needs to, I don't know. How, how can you change people's minds? I mean, 
was it just a matter of the people that do do that rise and then people look at that and say how do they do it and, and they do that as well or um i mean i'm happy to kind of share that but ultimately you you don't really want to change people's minds you want to use it like your secret weapon right yeah because no one else is doing it so that's why it's so powerful that's why you're winning right yeah i like it nice um what's coming next what's coming next to the podcast uh so we've got some pretty amazing guests lined up um i'm not going to name drop but i will say one is a very prominent designer illustrator who's worked on some of the biggest disney films ever which is pretty cool so can't wait to get them on so we're gonna have some more um yeah some more guests some more irreverent ridiculous conversations in general between the four of us um and i think we're we're, we're trying to get a bit more interactive as well so i, I don't know how many you've listened to but um we've inspired a few people to start doing these daily creative challenges where they post their work every day and start getting better and do it in a public forum and it's been really cool to see people hashtagging the show and so we want to probably start giving out some prizes and incentives and you know take, taking it from just a a one-way street of uh dictating and listening to actually interacting with people and kind of involving them more in the show because it's fun yeah fantastic um what advice would you give to other people's doing podcasts be authentic and i think that goes not just for podcasts but for social media and for all online business and i also think it is a lot easier said than done even if you know you want to be authentic i think not that many people are self-aware enough to truly know themselves so you think okay i'm going to be authentically me but what does that look like yeah. and it takes time it's like um with best-selling authors they didn't just pick up a pen and authentically write you know and same with designers right you don't just pick up a, a mouse and authentically design your perfect style where everyone looks at that and goes oh that's a marked design i can see that a mile off that takes time to build that up so just kind of keeping at it but having authenticity is like the ultimate goal and keeping that constantly in mind is going to kind of steer you towards that direction and as soon as you forget all the other bullshit of like how do i get from 10 to 100 and 100 to a million when you stop worrying about that so much and you really care about community and audience and being your authentic self that's the stuff you should be uh, focusing on and the rest kind of follows fantastic thank you very much so the last few questions i ask everyone uh, okay first one, what's your best purchase under 100 pounds Ooh, that is a good question. Hmm. Is, is, is this, uh, this is anything, I presume? Yeah, yeah, anything you want. Oh, I've got a really lame answer then. I'm going to say Minutia billet because I use it all the time. In fact, I'm drinking, I'm drinking a milky beverage right now full of oats and goodness. <laughs> oh, no. Don't put me to name. I'm drinking a monster. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you're going to be wired. <laughs> That's the idea. Um, best creative advice? Uh, I don't want to sound really cliche, but I think, um, I think genuinely practice. Um, but I'm, I, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna adapt. That. I'm gonna say deliberate practice. Okay. And again, that kind of leads on from what I'm talking about with these daily challenges. If you do something like that, I know for years I had a random practice, so it was complete trial and error, and I probably could have got to where I got in, you know, ten percent of the time if I'd been a bit more deliberate, it's like if you're learning guitar, you can actually go through and learn it properly and learn the scales and the technique and get there a lot faster than someone like me who plays guitar really badly because I just tinkered around and 
and did that for years and didn't really progress very fast. So deliberate practice every day, it helps if you put out work publicly and kind of start getting feedback and so on, but just holding yourself accountable to clocking in every day and becoming a better designer iteratively. Nice. I like it. Yeah. And finally, how do you want to be remembered? I, I very nearly quoted David Brent there. <laughs> Simply as the man who put a smile on the face of all who he met. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I've been thinking about this uh, more recently, given that I am now getting ancient and about to turn 30. Um, and I mentioned to you before, I'm going to be launching some of this personal brand stuff, talking about entrepreneurship and business. Check it out, Tom Ross Media on Instagram. Uh, but um, I, I really get a kick out of helping people. And that sounds like a very cliche thing to say. But my favorite moments in life have been... Um, internally with the team where they have a real win or like do incredibly well with something and then when i'm i'm kind of doing this kind of thing and, and trying to consult and help people with that when i run up to my girlfriend and say you know that guy i had a call with last week well for the first time he's actually being able to easily pay his mortgage this month or you know i've worked with people where they can put their kids through college and stuff that big and you're like holy shit like that came from us geeking out over stuff and them actually taking action so that for me is kind of the coolest thing so if legacy could be somewhere around there then i think that's not the worst thing in the world no uh, well you definitely helped me and you've inspired me anyway so thank you very much for that any anytime like yeah as i said at the start i'm such a geek with this stuff so anytime uh yeah you want to chat about the stuff or have any questions and i'm sure you can absolutely help me with stuff as well because i know you're doing things your own way too thank you very much yeah so where can people find you and say hello and um so yeah a few places there's designcuts.com which is like the main site community if you want to go save an absolute ton on literally the best uh, design products and resources i mean it is crazy we've uh, this this or last year rather we uh, we had a collection featuring fonts like futura and it sold for like 20 bucks and wow. normally would be about two grand for that one font family that's just kind of you know an example of the stuff going on there where people discover us and they're like man i wish i heard about you guys 10 years ago when I was at college or whatever. Um, so there's that. There is honestdesigners.com, uh, which will take you to our podcast. And then social media at Tom Ross Media, mainly on uh, Instagram at the minute, seem to be other places, but that's the brand new thing. So um, yeah, looking to help as many like entrepreneurs, young business people as possible. Uh, so if you want to get in on the ground floor, literally I will like help you with your personal business not trying to sell you anything just because i like to amazing well thank you very much for being on the show really appreciate your time absolute pleasure it was really good to meet you mark and keep on doing everything you're doing i'm a fan thank you very much to tom for being on the show he's got a real sense of business he just gives away so much good knowledge and if you've learned anything from this podcast go and tell him say hi over on instagram tom ross media and while you're on the internet why not give this podcast a little review let me know your thoughts who you want on next anything we can do better Everything is much appreciated. Thank you very much for listening. I'll see you in the next episode.